This episode is brought to you by the Innovative Leadership Institute, working with companies that recognize the need to upskill their leaders and transform their organizations. We help executive teams prepare for accelerated uncertainty by creating the foresight needed to stay competitive and transforming organizations to become future-ready. If you'd like to discuss how we can help prepare your organization for tomorrow, please visit InnovativeLeadership.com and click Contact Us. Welcome to Innovating Leadership, Co-Creating Our Future. I'm Maureen Metcalf, founder and CEO of the Innovative Leadership Institute. We help leaders become future ready. In today's show, we'll discuss the new workplace grants through Mars Pet Food. Lisa Campbell, Mars Pet Nutrition, North American Vice President of Corporate Affairs, will be talking about the huge benefits available to employers when they create a pets in the office program. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Maureen. Thank you. So glad to be here today. So let's briefly touch on what's going on in the world of corporate affairs, and then we'll talk about the meat of the conversation and pets at work. Definitely. So at Mars Pet Care, I'm at Pet Nutrition North America. We're really focused on our purpose, which is to make a better world for pets. And everything we do in corporate affairs is around surrounding that effort of making a better world. And we do that because we realize that pets make a better world for us. So whether that's through our Better Cities for Pets program that's been around since 2017, where we've done more than half a million dollars in grants, more than a million dollars in food donations. We work with cities, U.S. Conference of Mayors, and really helping to make them more pet friendly or working with our Pedigree Foundation to help dogs find their forever loving home. We've donated more than a million dollars across 15 years now, actually. We just celebrated 15 years this year, working with shelters and rescues across the country or working with our own associates here and working in our community. That's really our focus, again, is just around our purpose. It's, it's really important. It's a big focus for us. And we do donate millions of meals every single year. These organizations don't have a lot of money to work with. So getting help with the food is just such a huge help and a huge relief to them. So it's something that we are always happy to be able to make a difference in. One of the programs I'm aware of, and actually we did a podcast about it, was OSU Vet Med, Meals on Wheels. One of the things that Meals on Wheels talks about is people receiving their meals, often in tight economic conditions, are giving their meals to their pets. And so they created this partnership so that when the meals were delivered, pet food was also delivered. And I believe that was Mars also. We have worked with Meals on Wheels in the past. We also do some things locally. We're in the Nashville area here where we do some mobile food pantries. And it is about not only providing people food, but also giving pet owners pet food as well. Because just like you said, pet owners will go without for themselves to make sure that their pets have what they need. And so it's a really great way that we love to volunteer here. Our associates always think it's really rewarding and it is, it's just so important. Let's now move into all of these conversations about remote work, hybrid work, work from the office. Most of us, when we work from home, sat with our pets next to us. You know, so many of my recordings, I had a 20-year-old chihuahua, and he sat right beside me during all of my recordings. And he was what we called the comfort dog for our clients. I didn't want to leave home and go back to a full-time office situation and leave this little old dog. 
having that little guy with me was also calming to me. I'm with you. I actually got a new pet during the pandemic. We had an older dog as well who passed away earlier when we were at home remote. And we got our dog Peanut only two years in August. So that's all he's ever known, right, is me being at home all day and him being right there with me. At Mars, which is the parent company for the Caesar brand, we're able to bring our dogs to work with us. And it is the best place on earth for Peanut. He knows in the morning when I'm getting ready to come to work, he is like right on my heels and ready to go with me. It's great for him. He loves it. He's a star here. And it's great for us. There are so many people in the office that I might not know their name, but I know their dog's name. And it starts a conversation. And, you know, I then get to know them because we've made this connection through our pets. The Caesar brand actually did a study recently where we talked to both employees and employers. And we learned a few things. The first is that about 85% of pet friendly offices reported a successful return to the office, while only 75% of offices that are not friendly reported the same thing. So we definitely saw that increase. And then on the employee side, people are happier. 75% of employees said being able to bring their pet to work just makes them happier. And having other pets in the office just makes a more engaging workplace. And I think it is things, like I said, where it really creates a collaborative environment. You know, not everyone feels comfortable or willing to just go up and say hi to someone they don't know, but you're always willing to go up and pet a dog that you've never met who just looks friendly and wants to be around you. And so it really does create a sense of community, which has been so nice to recreate that for bringing people together who have not been together for so long. In our office, about 40% of the people here have joined in the last three years. So some people don't even really know what our work culture was like before. So it's just a nice way to get people together and for them to start those kind of natural conversations and meet more people. Brilliant. And because I am the personality I am, I always go to what's the problem going to be. I'm certainly wired to be a consultant. <laughs> My second dog is a pit bull, just gentle, sweet dog. What I don't want is some aggressive dog to come up and attack her. People are sitting in cubicles. They're in meetings. Do they take the dogs into the meetings? Do they tie them up under the desk? And you walk into a section of cubicles and there are 25 dogs and 25 desks. This could be kind of messy. Really, it all starts with the pet parent and being a responsible pet owner, right? So responsible pet ownership is at the heart of having a successful pet-friendly office. And then you kind of have to know, how do we even make this thing work, right? It's new for people. So for us, we've been doing this for a very long time. The Caesar brand, again, really, they're on a mission to make a more dog-friendly world. And they're starting with the workplace. So the Caesar brand has partnered with our Better Cities for Pets program. And we have what we call our Pets Work at Work Toolkit. And so you can look at this toolkit. Within there, you see things like a sample work policy. You see things like one of the examples you gave of like, I know my dog is this way, but I don't know about other people's dogs. One example is a leash system. So if your dog is on a green leash here, that means your dog is very open and friendly and they're very happy for people or other pets to approach them. If your dog is on a yellow leash, they can still be very open and friendly, but they might be a bit more reserved. It just means ask permission first. Don't let your dog come charging at my dog because my dog might be a bit more nervous around other dogs or other people. It really is just kind of that signal to tell people like, hey, ask first. We don't actually have red leashes because as a responsible pet parent, if your dog needs a red leash, they should probably stay home. 
it's really things like that, like one, making sure people are aware, and then two, kind of knowing where to get started. And a leash system is one of the great ways. There's also a little bit of a ramp up period for any dog who comes into the office for the first time. So, you know, as you can imagine, there's so much stimulus, so many things going on, and it takes a little bit of time to adjust. So being aware of that is important and giving them the space, you know, maybe take them in for half a day the first day. And for offices who want to try for the first time, I think there's a couple of things to keep in mind. The first is there's no one size fits all approach. We have our dogs here every single day, all day long. We have dog daycare, all of the things that go along with that. But you don't start there, right? You might start with Dog Friendly Friday, right? And you might have half the office bring their pets one time. And then you see how it goes and you learn from it and you, you know, see what you might change or do differently the next time. And then you might go to two days a week. I think it is just that one is realizing it's not the one size fits all. And then two, realizing that you kind of start small and continue to build. I see the positive. As a pet owner or pet person, I love having my dog with me. I can imagine if someone's not a pet person, maybe they don't work for Mars, but they may work for some of my other clients that don't have anything to do with pets as their business focus. How do you navigate people who are allergic? How do you navigate just some of the human stuff that goes with the joy of bringing your dog to work? Yeah. As you said, at Mars, we have many pet parents as associates. And so a lot of people do love pets and they love bringing their pets to work. We also realize that that's not the case for everyone. So I think as you're thinking about creating a pet-friendly office, there's things to keep in mind like navigation. How do you know where pets are allowed and where they are not allowed? We have signage and we've actually done some programs in, in different cities as part of our Better Cities for Pets program, even as you're out shopping, for example, where it says, we love pets and they're welcome inside, or we love pets and we're welcome on our patio, or we love pets, but they're not welcome here or they're not welcome inside. And that's okay. And there are areas within the building, like we have elevators that are pet friendly and elevators that are not. There are areas of the building that are people only and your pets are not allowed to go. So you do have to put people first. You have to make sure that you have an environment that makes happy associates overall. And then you layer in the pet aspect and make sure that people understand how to navigate that. It's one to say I don't like pets. It's another to say I have a physiological reaction and I'm going to have an asthma attack in a meeting. That's not okay. We wouldn't put someone in a situation that would harm their health knowingly. Absolutely. Right. You definitely have to put people first. And that's where the places that are pet free zones are there for a reason for people who might have an experience like that or an issue. So you could even go as far as saying if you're in a cubicle zone, one cubicle zone may be pet free, another one may be with pets. Yeah, the majority of our office is pet friendly. There are areas, though, that pets are not allowed. So if someone didn't want to be around pets, there are areas that they could go. But what we've done here is really try to create a culture that is surrounded around pets. And everything in our office was created with people and pets in mind about bringing people and pets together. So whether that is the flooring, the fabrics, even non-toxic landscaping, it's all designed with, again, with people and pets in mind. Outside of our office, we have a pet-friendly dog park, and it's also Wi-Fi enabled, and there's power and seating, and you can have your meetings outside with other people while your dog's running around or in the courtyard, same kind of thing. So it's really something we've been very intentional around and we've built our office around that. And at the same time, we also consider people first 
And there are areas that are pet free for anyone who might have an issue with that. But the majority of people here at our office are looking for that kind of pet friendly space. Yeah, I was wondering about flooring and it makes sense that you don't probably have a lot of oriental rugs. No. (laughs) (laughs) Where we do have carpets, it's the little squares that you can kind of just pull out and like I said, it's, it was very intentionally designed with people and pets in mind. As we struggle with employee mental health, employee engagement, people have support pets so much more than they did in the past. How do we create an environment if bringing pets to work is a way to help the mental health challenges people are facing? It's a brilliant opportunity. There are so many benefits that pets give to us, which is why this is important. So you know, like you said, the mental health aspects, having a companion by your side. I mean, think about so many people when we were remote who their pet may have been their only companion in the home with them. And I've heard people say, and and we've actually done research on this as well, but pets keep people active, right? So I was talking to someone the other day who said, you know, I was so glad that I got my first dog while we were remote because it actually forced me to get outside to walk out of my door and to go out for a walk. And so pets help keep us active. You know, like I mentioned before, they really create a sense of community. So, you know, whether you're walking around your neighborhood or walking around the office, pets are always an easy conversation starter. They do so much for us, which is why, you know, our purpose is really about making a better world for them. What a great point. I think of a neighbor who's in his 80s and he walks his dog multiple times a day. There are certainly days I get up and it's raining or cold. And the last thing I want to do is leave my warm house, put on boots and a parka to go walk the dog. But this dog will not be quiet until (laughs) she gets her walk. So it does force me to get myself out of the house. Then I'll make the analogy of neighborhood parallel to office. We often congregate around our pets because for introverts like me, I should be wearing a yellow bracelet, not a leash, but a bracelet (laughs) that says, you know, sometimes I just want to be in the zone and I'm not as comfortable walking up to strangers, but I don't hesitate to say like cute dog or something. I never walk up to a person and say, you're cute. That would just be kind of (laughs) creepy. So it does create a bridge for those of us who are just less comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And and even in the office, you know, it kind of forces you to get up from your desk for a minute. It's so easy to stay heads down, focused on the work and having your pet with you is a great reminder to like step away from your desk for a minute, go outside, get a bit of fresh air, say hello to a few people and they'll say hello to you while you've got your dog walking through the office. And it's just a great way to remind yourself to take a minute. And much better than my fit watch that I just ignore. <laughs> Same. You start to figure it out like, oh, it's fine. fine. <laughs> so say I'm, I've decided to implement a bring your pets to work policy. And we tried this and one of our associates has a big lab. The lab loves to play with my pit bull, but too much frolicking makes me a little uncomfortable when we're trying to work because yeah. it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> with the Oriental rugs. Right. <laughs> Maybe the Oriental rugs are a dog-free zone. Like maybe that's one of the places where we start. But one of the things that we're really excited about with the Caesar brand is that we have just launched a grant program. So we're giving $75,000 across 15 plus organizations to help them on their journey. So for people like you who are like, I like this, it's a great idea, but I just don't really know where to start. It's a little bit of a start, right? So to give you a little bit of a budget to do some things, And then we have the resources behind it. So you talked about these dogs are playing together and it's a little bit much, right? Do you have a 
pet play zone somewhere, right? Is there an area that's kind of designated? Or do you think about which dogs come which days or depending on the size of your office? Because if you're a very small office, it might be something you need to consider, which kind of goes back to that idea of there isn't a, a one size fits all. But through the Caesar brand, you know, as I mentioned, we're really on a, a mission to make a more dog-friendly world. And that's why we've created this grant program, why we also have the Pets at Work Toolkit, which is really just a great place to start. So there's a sample pet policy where pet parents would sign an agreement of, I will be responsible for my pet, you know, my pet is vaccinated. All of the things are kind of laid out in there. And there are just other things for you to consider, like I mentioned, kind of the leash system, things like that. And with a small budget, you can easily get started with a few things like that. You might create some signage for what are the pet-friendly areas, what are the pet-free zones. You might get leashes, whatever that is that might be helpful for you to get started. It's just a nice little boost to get things going. Because I imagine there are far more than 15 organizations, the fact that you are also creating resources that people can access without either winning the grant or having a big budget, that I can go onto your site and access your policy and access a bunch of resources that would help me be smarter before the next time we have dogs at work. Yeah. And like you said, you get smarter every time. Try it out. See how it goes. And then you say like, well, that part wasn't so great. Maybe we'll do that a little bit differently. Or you know what was really great? And maybe we'll do a little bit more of this. Mm -hmm. Maybe you start walking meetings and you get out with you and your pet and whoever. But there are just so many benefits to it. You know, I kind of mentioned before just getting people back in the office. I know there's a lot of conversation on that right now, right, about just trying to get people to return and kind of getting to this renewed culture. What is our new workplace culture now? And it's just been such a great benefit for us and one that people just love. Whether you work here or you're visiting here, it is the number one thing that we hear from people when they come into the office is just how much they love seeing pets around our workspace. It seems like two of the biggest benefits are the mental health mm -hmm. employee engagement, I guess. And third would be the challenge we're having bringing people back either hybrid or fully in the office, that this is an incentive better than bagels. Yes. Bagel Fridays <laughs> for some people are the thing. But if you're a pet owner, I would much rather have my dog at work than have a free bagel. Oh, absolutely. Especially since I'm trying to manage my carb intake. The dog doesn't make me gain weight. <laughs> it's the opposite, actually, right? The dog will help you get out and, and be more active. And, you know, that's one of the things that we've seen throughout the number of studies that we've done is that people are more willing to come back to work. You know, like I mentioned before, 85 percent of offices that are pet friendly have said they've had a successful return to work. And people are more likely to accept a role when it's with a dog-friendly employer if you're a dog owner. So there's so much that we've learned. And you spoke about the engagement. It's so true. It just makes an amazing environment overall and just for people individually and personally, right? Like, Maureen, you talked about it yourself, being able to have your dog by your side the entire time you were working remotely. And then it was just a huge shift of like, okay, now what do we do? It's really nice, especially, you know, we're in a hybrid environment. Being able to still have some of those days at home, but spending the majority of my days here at the office and being able to make the decision on, is this a day that Peanut comes with me or not? You know, is this a day for him to stay home and he's just going to have to understand? It's really great flexibility. And it's one of those benefits that does go beyond the bagels or the coffee. People now are looking for more meaningful 
benefits that impact their life and are not just a token, you know, here's breakfast on a Friday kind of thing. But how are you going to really make my life better? You know, I mentioned mental health as if it's part of a checklist, but what are the stats? Like 40% of working age people suffer from anxiety. That's a significant portion of the workforce. And allowing people to have their pets at work, other than any kind of retrofitting and leashes and stuff, leashes mm -hmm. relative to the cost of employee turnover are pretty darn cheap. The cost of turnover is huge. If there are solutions that help people connect to purpose, with the challenges people are facing in their lives, a larger percentage of the population is talking about purpose. How do we help people connect to purpose in a meaningful way, connect to each other in a meaningful way, and connect to the work in a meaningful way in a workplace that doesn't cause them to have their blood pressure go up as they approach the building? I'm assuming that you have data on how dogs at work reduce turnover, increase productivity, those kinds of things. Absolutely. And, and really starting from the mental health side of things that you were saying, one of the studies that we did showed that while we were at home remote, pet owners were three times more likely to say they had positive mental health and well-being versus non-pet owners. You know, and it goes back to what I was saying. For many people, their pets were either their only companion during that time, or they were just kind of their constant, right? Like sometimes there might be some people in your house that you don't feel like talking to at the time, but your your dog is always there and, and no matter what, or as soon as you walk in the door, like not everyone's running to the door to greet you, but Peanut is, right? He's running to greet me. And so that's definitely one aspect of it. And then in the office, what we've seen too is just it does drive engagement. I mentioned before, 75% of people who bring their pet or who are in a pet-friendly office say that they do feel highly engaged. And then from a productivity perspective, we've seen that as well. Higher productivity when there's pets in the office and collaboration. And I think they go together. There are people, of course, cross functions across the business that we all need to work with. And kind of having that icebreaker of the pet is always helpful. And that sense of community. You know, Maureen, you were talking about like sometimes people feel that sense of dread when they're like, oh, I'm here and now I'm walking in versus like, oh, look at all these dogs walking in, all these people. It's creating that sense of community, making it okay to speak to someone that you might not know or work with every single day, but I see you every single day. And now I have a reason to connect and an easy way to do that because not everyone, like you said before, wants to just go over and say, Hi, I'm Lisa. <laughs> it's not always comfortable, but, you know, oh, your dog is so cute. Can I pet your dog? Is always easy. As an introvert, it's amazing how complicated it can feel to prompt a conversation with a stranger, yet to walk up to a person with a dog, to your point, like we walk the dog every day. We walk up to strangers every day. We always comment on the dog. We never say, oh, interesting hair, or I wonder what your tattoo means. It's never offensive to say, what a cute dog. Never. <laughs> we definitely have data, too, that just shows that level of engagement. You know, 90% of people who bring their pets agree that it just makes a better workplace. 96% of people say it gives them more enjoyment just being in an office with pets. And then 94% say it, it just increases their happiness at work. So those numbers are basically 100%. If you round them, they're all basically 100%. It just makes life better having your pet by your side, which is really what the Caesar brand is all about. And it's really what their mission is and why we think this work is so important. 
as you talk about the brand, you've consistently mentioned purpose and creating a better life for dogs. It sounds like a brand that is very clear on this is what we are and that making a better world for dogs makes a better world also for our employees and the humans on the planet that sense of purpose seems like it would be imbued in everything that you do as a brand. That's really what our Caesar brand is all about. And if we look at Mars overall, who's the parent company for the Caesar brand, we really believe that the world we want tomorrow starts with how we do business today. From a pet perspective, that world is a better world for pets. More broadly, it means so many things, whether that's our sustainable in a generation plan that looks at all aspects of how we do work and who we do work with to make sure that we're decreasing our footprint and making a positive impact on the world to some of the other work that we do in our local communities, whether that's through our Mars volunteer program, where our associates go out and they can volunteer. So our associates here get 16 hours of paid time to go out and volunteer in the community. So it could be like we talked about earlier where you're working at a mobile food pantry providing human food and pet food. It could be time, you know, like we also talked about with with pet shelters, going out and walking some of the dogs in the shelter, spending time with some of the cats in the shelter, just making sure that they're getting that human connection. Or it could just be doing work with some of our other partners in total. So it really is for us, we are a purpose-driven organization. And at the highest level, it really is about the world that we want tomorrow and the work that we do today to make sure that we are creating that world together. I'd like to dive into that a little bit more because I think organizations want to be, in many cases, purpose-driven. It also sounds like you're doing things that other organizations could model, even if they can't do it the way you do it. Can you talk about the sustainability in a generation program? Being a privately held company, we have the freedom to think in generations and not in quarters. Mm -hmm. And so what are the things that we're doing now that are impacting the planet? And how do we make sure that we're lessening and minimizing that impact as much as possible? So that's in everything we do, whether that is packaging of our products, whether it is our overall supply chains. There are brands that we're looking at from sustainability or regenerative agriculture. It's very broadly encompassing, and it truly does touch all aspects of our business. And again, that goes back to the freedom that we have as a privately held business. And it truly is here about thinking in generations. And when we think about, again, that world, you know, starting at that kind of higher place and then coming down to our pet care level and the Caesar brand, it does give us that freedom to go after the things that we truly believe in. And as we think about creating a more dog-friendly place with the Caesar brand, you know, we have the opportunity to go out there and help others have the same experience that we have in our office here. And not everyone is going to have all of the things that we have here, right? Everyone's not going to have a doggy daycare. Everyone's not going to have a dog park. But you can start small and you can make an impact. And that's why we're so excited with these grants to help people a little bit along the way. And like you mentioned, you know, we can't give grants to every single business in in the country, but everyone could go out there and take a look at the toolkit and see what are the small ways that you could get started. What are the things that you could learn from others who have done the work already to help you get going? Let's take a little bit of a pivot now and go into corporate affairs and specifically what corporate affairs means at Mars. What do you do and why would a company invest in corporate affairs? 
For us, corporate affairs is, is all about driving our purpose, whether that is the world we want tomorrow, whether that's more specifically around a better world for pets. And one specific area that I could talk a bit about is our Better Cities for Pets program. This is a program that we launched in 2017. And since that time, we've certified more than 100 cities across the country and helped them to become more pet friendly. So similar to the work that we're doing now in partnership with the Caesar brand with companies, we've been doing this work across the country with cities for quite a while. We have a longstanding partnership with the U.S. Conference of Mayors, and we've worked with mayors across the country again to, one, get their cities certified because that's, you know, free for them. It gives them an opportunity to learn, to assess their cities, to understand what they're doing really well, where they have opportunities, what they could be doing differently. And we've also done grants with cities. Again, it's kind of been that boost. How do we give them that boost to help them continue to do even stronger work? Some great examples there that we've seen across many cities that we've worked with. One in Bentonville, Arkansas, that's kind of at top of mind for me. It was an opportunity where pets were getting lost and a lot of the shelters were becoming overwhelmed with people returning lost pets there. And so one of the things that they did in their town square is that they equipped stores around the area, retailers around the area with the little scan for microchips. So if you found a dog there, you could bring them to any store in the area. They could scan the microchip and get the pet owner's information. So then you can get the pet back to the owner without having to put a burden on the shelter system that really needs to focus on pets who truly need a new home. And so the kind of reunification was able to be done outside of that. There's also been some where some of the underserved communities maybe just didn't have the resources they needed, whether that was the city already had the resources, but they might have needed money for translation services or just to get the word out there more broadly. So we've done some grants like that. And we've also done some where we talked before about people giving up their own meals to feed their pets. Well, the same is true for people who end up without a home and who might not want to go into a homeless shelter because, again, your pet might be your only companion. And I'm not going to go into this place of shelter that might be helpful for me if I can't bring my only companion and family member with me. So we've done some grants with cities to help them with that as well, to help make their human shelters pet friendly, to help provide kind of a liaison who goes out into the community and works with the unhoused community members and helps them to get the help that they need that also includes their pets. So that's been a, a really big focus for us in terms of, you know, how we make a better world for pets. I think if you also think about, again, back to you know, how the Caesar brand is on a mission to make a, a more dog-friendly world, with our Mars pet care brands, we've also worked with Hilton, which has been a really fun partnership. So through our partnership, more than 85% of the Hiltons that you will come across of all of their different brands across the U.S. and Canada are now pet-friendly. You can bring your pet to stay with you and one of the things that we've offered as part of this partnership, we have what we call our pet expert team on demand. So maybe you've never traveled with your pet before. You can now go online or you can give us a call and you can say, hey, I'm traveling with Peanut for the first time. What are the things I need to think about? What do I need to take with me? Or while we're there, you know, I might need to call and say, every time I leave my room, my dog won't stop barking. Help me understand what I could do differently. And with our pet expert team, we have experts on the line like behaviorists who can help with that or a nutritionist, or, you know, all of the different things that kind of say like, hey, here are the things that you should be thinking about. And so we've really had these amazing partnerships 
to drive our impact even further, whether that's U.S. Conference of Mayors or through Hilton. And with Better Cities for Pets, now we're excited to really be partnering with the Caesar brand because with the Caesar brand, we reach so many more people and their pets and dog owners. And so now it's it's really exciting to kind of take that work and bring it together with the work that we're doing on the Caesar brand as well. This seems one comprehensive. So Mars is socially conscious. There is a purpose. Mars pet care and pet nutrition then is socially conscious around pets, which of course you would be. And that ripples through pets at work, pets in travel, pets in cities. It seems like a very comprehensive approach. How did that come about? It wasn't like you just woke up someday and said, hey, I'm going to call my friends at Hilton because I like to stay at Hilton's. You have created a community partnership. Yeah, I think it goes back to two things. One is having the freedom to think in generations and to really drive toward our purpose. And two is having that strong purpose as your North Star. So if everything that we're doing is around creating a better world for pets, that's our starting point. So anytime we have a partnership, that's what it's about. I'm not at all interested in putting billboards down I-65. I'm more interested in if I have this partnership, how is this going to make an impact and how is this going to make a better world for pets? You know, we have local partnerships here with sports teams and our Caesar brand has even partnered with the Titans again about making a more dog friendly world, the Tennessee Titans, the football team. And we've done watch parties where people can bring their dog and watch the game. When we have these partnerships, again, it's less about having signage in their stadium, but it's more about what are the things that we can do together. And the Titans have co-sponsored our adoption program for the past several years, and we show adoptable dogs with their players in the stadium every season. When we have these partnerships, how do we leverage them to get our message out there and to make an impact toward our purpose of making a better world for pets? I'm just thinking of the business process. If I come to you and say, hey, I want to be a partner with you. I've got a dog. I love my dog. What should I do? Like, how does that work? You must have some people who make recommendations that are brilliant. And of course, you want to do them. And some of those you may say, like, that's cute, but maybe not our brand. Well, this is our global purpose across all of Mars Pet Care. So it truly is our North Star, regardless of what market you work in, what area of the business within Mars Pet Care it really is about making a better world for pets. And then after that, right, it has to be a good business decision as well mm-hmm. and a partnership that truly feels like it's mutual on both sides. For example, with the Hilton partnership, we are able to provide some insights on being pet friendly or things to think about and able to provide that service of the pet expert team. And then at the same time, they're able to drive a program that helps our purpose of making a better world for pets and allowing people and pets to be together in more places. So it has to be something that's going to be scalable, you know, something that makes sense for the time that we're putting in it and a partnership that's mutual. Are there areas that you're considering? Yeah. Think about a more dog-friendly world. It's truly about all of the places that you might be, whether that's home, work, or play. We're really focusing in and starting with work for the Caesar brand. And we've done some things in that play space. Like I mentioned, the partnership with the Titans. One of the things that we've done as Better Cities for Pets is also just work with looking at making more pet-friendly dining options available. 
working through the FDA to impact the model food code, which is a pretty big deal. So going in and speaking with them and creating the language that goes in that gives cities and states actually the opportunity to just take that food code and bring it into using it themselves. That's the type of work that you'll continue to see from us, from the Caesar brand as well, really continuing to build beyond the workplace and really starting here. And then from Better Cities for Pets as well. You know, I tried to take my dog to the hair salon. I get that I can't take my dog into the kitchen at a restaurant. That's intuitively obvious. Mm. There must be other places that I wouldn't think of that have rules against pets. What's most important is just navigating so that people know where your pet is allowed and where they are not allowed. And that's where we have this program also on bettercitiesforpets.com called Pets Welcome. And that's kind of that navigation signage that I mentioned before where pets are welcome or pets are welcome on our patios or we love pets, but they're not allowed inside because it just creates a better environment for everyone. Again, like if you're coming from that place of being introverted, having to go in and ask, is it okay, Mm -hmm. can be uncomfortable. But just seeing that navigation and knowing is always helpful because it could be a rule and it could just be the owner of the establishment. It just might not be what they want. So if people are aware and they know what their boundaries are, it just makes a better experience for everyone involved. Yeah, because I am more inclined to take my dog if I know that people aren't going to stare at me. So to your point, it does mean I have to plan my day much more mindfully if I'm taking my dog Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Safety is a top priority and being a responsible pet parent. And for me, the days that I typically don't bring my dog to the office are usually because of what I have to do after I'm leaving the office. And that's where the more places that are pet friendly, it would be much easier. I mean, I get it, right? I'm taking my kids to the doctor after this, and that makes sense. (laughs) We probably don't want Peanut running around the doctor's office, but it is nice to know there are some pet friendly places that you can take your pet whether that's restaurants or shopping, so that if I do bring Peanut to work with me, he can also go with me the next place that I go. And I don't need to rush home or I don't need to leave him at home the entire day because of what I have to do right after work. Lisa, as we wrap up, where would people find information like your pet kits for going to work, for Pets in Cities kits, any other kinds of resources and tools? If you go to Caesar.com slash dog friendly, that's C-E-S-A-R dot com slash dog dash friendly, you can find all of the tools there. There's just some fun information that you can see about the Caesar brand, but you'll also see the connection to Better Cities for Pets and the Pets Work at Work Toolkit. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And how would people connect with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, and I'd love for you to give me a follow. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. We appreciate your time and attention. We know you're busy. Please like and share our podcast. Please look at how creating a more dog-friendly workplace can help you create a better work environment. The tools that Lisa shared can be a first step to get there. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Maureen.